This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of lipomas from the pathology section on orthobullets.com. Lipomas are a common benign tumor of mature fat. They may be subcutaneous, extramuscular, or intramuscular. As far as the epidemiology, lipomas are slightly more common in men. They affect predominantly patients between 40 to 60 years old, and they develop in sedentary individuals. As far as location, superficial-slash-subcutaneous locations are common. Superficial lesions are common in the upper back, thighs, buttocks, shoulders, and arms. Deep lesions are affixed to surrounding muscle in the thighs, shoulders, and arms. And approximately 5-10% to 10% of patients with a known superficial lipoma will have multiple lesions. As far as the prognosis for lipomas, size typically plateaus after initial growth. Now let's talk about the classification, and the common variants of lipoma include a spindle cell lipoma, pleomorphic lipoma, angiolipoma, intramuscular lipoma, and a hibernoma. A spindle cell lipoma is common in male patients aged 45 to 65 years old. They stain positive for CD34 but negative for S100, and keep in mind that they are treated with marginal excision. This has been a tested point on previous exams, so I'll say that again. Spindle cell lipomas are treated with marginal excision. Pleomorphic lipomas are common in middle-aged patients and may be confused with liposarcomas. An angiolipoma is unique in that it is painful when palpated. They are often present with small nodules in the upper extremity. An intramuscular lipoma is often symptomatic and requires marginal resection. A hibernoma is a tumor of brown fat and affects younger patients aged 20 to 40 years old. As far as symptoms, patients usually have a painless mass that has been present for a long time. The exception is the angiolipoma, which is painful when palpated. On physical exam, you will observe a palpable, mobile, painless lesion. As far as imaging, radiographs may show a radiolucent lesion in the soft tissues, You may see mineralization, which should raise concern for synovial cell sarcoma, in which you may see calcifications or the presence of bone within the lesion. On CT scan, you may notice a well-demarcated lesion, and the lesion looks akin to subcutaneous fat. On MRI, you will also see a well-demarcated lesion. It will be homogeneous, and signal intensity matches adipose tissue on all image sequencing. An MRI shows a well-demarcated lesion with the same characteristics as mature fat. There's high signal intensity on T1-weighted images, there's high signal intensity on T2-weighted images, and entirely suppressed by stir or fat-saturated sequences. As far as histology, keep in mind that biopsy is often not necessary as the diagnosis can be made by imaging, specifically MRI. However, as far as gross appearance, lipomas are soft, lobular, and may be encapsulated and whitish-slash-yellowish in color. Hibernomas are reddish-brown because of rich vascular supply in addition to high numbers of mitochondria. Histology in general shows bland acellular stroma with neoplastic cells that lack cellular atypia. Keep in mind that the histology varies by variant of lipoma. So a spindle cell lipoma will show up as a mixture of mature fat cells and spindle cells. There will also be a mucoid matrix with varying number of birefringent collagen fibers. A pleomorphic lipoma will show lipocytes, 
spindle cells, and scattered atypical giant cells. An angiolipoma will show mature fat cells with nests of small arborizing vessels. And finally, as far as an intramuscular lipoma, pathology shows lipoblasts and muscle infiltration. Treatment of lipomas can be non-operative or operative. The non-operative option is observation only, which is indicated when the lesion is painless and MRI is determinant for a benign fatty lesion. Operative options include a marginal resection, which may be intralesional. Indications include symptomatic lesions, the mass is rapidly growing, and tumors located deep to the fascia or in the retroperitoneum. Remember that deep or retroperitoneal lipomas show a higher likelihood to be-slash-become atypical lipomatous tumors. In the retroperitoneum, lipomas are referred to as well-differentiated liposarcomas. In the extremities, they are referred to as atypical lipomas. Finally, remember that spindle cell-slash-pleomorphic lipomas are treated by marginal resection. The major complication to be aware of is local recurrence, which is relatively uncommon at less than 5%. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 58-year-old male has a mass on his shoulder. He presents with MR images prior to a biopsy done by the referring surgeon, and the MR sequences show a mass within the deltoid with a homogeneous fatty appearance. Biopsy specimens with and without histochemical staining for CD34 show mature fat and a spindle component. H&E stain on low power shows adipose cells and little cellular atypia. What is the next best step in treatment? And the choices are 1. Observation. 2. CT of the chest, abdomen, and pelvis, 3. Chest radiograph, 4. Marginal excision, and 5. Radical excision. The correct answer to this question is 4. Marginal excision. So the patient in the question stem has a spindle cell lipoma, and marginal excision is the treatment of choice. To quickly review, a spindle cell lipoma is a benign atypical lipoma that consists of mature fat and bland spindle cells. It is usually found in the neck, back, and shoulders. They are usually found in males between the 5th and 7th decades of life. Microscopically, spindle cell lipomas consist of mature adipocytes, numerous bland spindle cells, collagen fibers along with mast cells, and many areas of myxoid degeneration. Mitosis or cellular pleomorphism are rare or absent. Spindle cell lipoma is CD34 positive and negative for S100. They are treated with marginal excision and typically do not recur. Parde et al. performed a case review of spindle cell lipoma. A 14-year-old male had a spindle cell lipoma of his right periorbital region. They obtained an incisional biopsy which showed bundles of interlacing elongated spindle-shaped cells. The cells were set in a fibromyxoid background. They initially thought the diagnosis was neurofibroma and the mass was excised. After they ran the histopathology and immunohistochemistry on the sample, they concluded that it was a spindle cell lipoma. Enzinger and Harvey performed a review of spindle cell lipomas. They report that spindle cell lipoma is a specific type of lipoma that may be easily mistaken for a liposarcoma. They analyzed 114 cases of spindle cell lipoma, and they found that microscopically, it consists of an intricate mixture of lipocytes and uniform spindle cells within a matrix of mucinous material traversed by a varying number of birefringent collagen fibers. 
they conclude that local excision is the treatment of choice. Moving on to the next question. After months of right shoulder pain, a 70-year-old man undergoes workup of a right arm mass with an MRI and also has a CT of his chest, abdomen, and pelvis. A T1-weighted MRI shows a soft tissue, homogeneous mass that has the same signal intensity as fat and is intramuscular. He has difficulty using his arm because of the increasing size of the mass. The CT scans show no evidence of metastatic disease. What is the next step in management? And the choices are 1. Core biopsy, 2. Radiation therapy, 3. Chemotherapy followed by surgery, 4. Observation, and 5. Surgical excision. The correct answer to this question is 5. Surgical excision. So the T1-weighted MRI shows a soft tissue homogeneous mass that has the same signal intensity as fat and is intramuscular. Based on the history in the stem and the imaging provided, the patient has an intramuscular lipoma. These are slow-growing and painless. Biopsy of these lesions is not necessary because the diagnosis can usually be made on MRI. Dalal et al. provide a review of lipomatous masses commenting that lipomas are very common and comprise 50% of soft tissue neoplasms and that marginal surgical excision is the treatment and recurrence rates range from 15 to 60%. And moving on to the final question, a 55-year-old man complains of chronic pain and fullness in his proximal posterior thigh that is worse with sitting. A radiograph shows a soft tissue density on the left side. An axial MRI reveals a mass within the gluteus maximus that is bright on T1 and dark on the stir image. And pathology from a biopsy shows lipoblasts and muscle infiltration. What is the most likely diagnosis? And the choices are 1. D-differentiated liposarcoma, 2. Fibrosarcoma, 3. Intramuscular lipoma, 4. Infection, and 5. Chordoma. The correct answer to this question is 3. Intramuscular lipoma. So the clinical presentation is consistent with an intramuscular lipoma. The radiograph described showed a soft tissue density on the left side. The axial MRI image reveals a mass within the gluteus maximus that is bright on T1 and dark on the stir image. And the pathology shows lipoblasts and muscle infiltration, which is characteristic of these tumors. The reference by Darman et al. reviews common soft tissue masses seen by orthopedic surgeons. They outline an algorithm for evaluation and management of both benign and malignant tumors. Treatment for intramuscular lipomas involves surgical resection only if symptomatic, as these tumors are benign. Matsumoto et al. review MRI findings of intramuscular lipomas and found that imaging characteristics varied from a homogeneous mass as commonly seen in an ordinary or superficial lipoma to a large inhomogeneous lesion with infiltrative margins. Infiltrative margins do not indicate malignancy. That's all for this review about lipomas. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com. And in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the orthobullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the orthobullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.